Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. On this show, we interview recovering addicts who have stories of redemption and staying clean and adversity. On these shows, you know, a lot of people ask me to be on the show. I get like DMs all the time. People are like, yo, can I be on the show? And it's not that I don't want certain people on the show. I just don't know them. So it's hard to like verify if what they're saying is true. It's just hard to get like a random person you don't know on the show. I do have a lot of people I've known for a long time. I probably know you longer than I've known anyone else since I've been clean because you're one of the only people who was there from day one till now. It's pretty crazy because I think we're one of the only few people I know that are still clean 14 plus years. Yeah, Not that many people. Some people have came in and out in a while. You have always been like a special person in my life. You know, I think about you all the time. Whenever I see you, it's always like, it's different when you see someone like you got clean with when years pass. You know, it's like someone like you went to like kindergarten with. It's like, <laughs> it's a special, special relationship. And I was telling, like I, I said the other day, like, you know, when I got clean, you had a year clean. Yes. And to me, you were like way further than me. And it's like totally different. But like up to like three, four year gap, if you guys stay clean together, you guys got clean together. Like, you don't realize that, like, your first five years, you're still getting clean. It's still, like, you could have three years, and I could just get in clean today. And 10 years later, if we stay clean, we still think, like, we got clean around the same time. Yeah, that's correct. It's kind of like high school, where it's, like, if I was in ninth grade and you're in 11th grade, we still went to high school together, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's correct. That's the way it is. <laughs> I still, I feel that way even, I would say, five years. Five years, you yeah. You know, a lot of my, a lot of the people that are, like, my homegirls, like, mm-hmm. they're getting 10 years now, and I feel that way. Yeah, that, like, we got clean together, even yeah. though you had yeah. years clean. Yeah, I feel that yeah. way. So, all right, Abraham D., let's start uh, from the beginning. Where are you from? All right. I'm from Lima, Peru. Mm. I was born in Lima, Peru, 1966, so I'm old as fuck. <laughs> How old are you right now? 55. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look great for your age. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. I am preserved in alcohol and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I was born there, yeah, but I have no memory of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, my first memory ever is a freaking earthquake. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I remember that. We have that in Peru. Mm-hmm. A lot of earthquakes. Yeah, it was a big one. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I kind of remember. And the other memory that I have early on, this one is more important, I guess, is my mom leaving us in a different country with my dad. And what happened is, like, my dad took off, and, and, and my mom, she had me and my two younger siblings, mm-hmm. my younger brother and my younger sister, and... He took off. I don't know exactly what the fuck happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he took off. And my mom, she didn't have the means to like to survive with all of us. Mm-hmm. So she had to take like a, a plane and go to Bogota, Colombia. And then she left us, my me and my younger brother. With who? 
with my dad. Oh, with you. so your dad left, and then your mom took you guys to him and dropped you off there? Yeah, something like that. In Colombia? Yeah. So you grew up in Colombia? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I Actually, that's I speak Spanish with Colombian accent. So you're Colombian. I was born in Peru, but I was but raised in Colombia. Colombian Spanish. I'm Colombian and Peruvian, I mm -hmm. consider myself. But I have a lot of Colombian in me because I grew up there. Gotcha. Like I learned how Your to culture. talk there. I went to school there. I did everything. Like my first, I love a lot of my first. They were in Colombia, mm -hmm. so that's where I grew up. Where did the uh, the journey that you went on lead you? I remember this. I remember like my mom leaving us there, and then she went back to Peru with my little sister. And my dad had already like he was living with someone else, this mm -hmm. lady, and she had two kids. So it, it was this lady, my dad, the two kids, me and my little brother. And that's when I, I don't know, I hated these fucking kids. <laughs> I mean, you're a kid, you don't mm -hmm. know, you don't know what's happening. I remember that a lot. I remember especially when my mom left, because I mean, this is like the Bogota airport, and they didn't have that thing that takes you like straight from the airport to uh -huh. the airplane. It's that tube that you walk through. Exactly. That connects to the plane. We didn't have that back then or they didn't uh -huh. have it there, whatever. So I, I remember my mom walking and it was windy. And like on the runway. On the runway, walking towards the plane with a lot of people, mm -hmm. the other passengers and crying and looking back and I'm crying and my little brother's uh -huh. crying and my dad is crying and I'm like, what the fuck's happening? and I couldn't understand why my dad was with someone else. I mm -hmm. remember that a lot. I wanted that to be over and I wanted like to be a family again. Mm -hmm. And that happened eventually. I was a kid, but my dad eventually split up with this lady and then my mom came from Peru. Mm -hmm. And then we were a family again. We were all together again. And I thought, oh, this is so beautiful. I don't think I, I had it too hard when I was growing up, honestly. I mean, other than that, that happened, I... Mm -hmm. My dad was a good provider. I, we were like an upper middle class family. We lived in a nice place. I had nice things. I mean, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. And mm -hmm. I didn't have like to fight in the ghetto like for my survival or none of that shit. I was just like a kind of a rich little kid. Like, mm -hmm. so I, I, I was, so I don't have that excuse. Yeah. I just don't know what happened with me. I remember I would, I was a weird kid. <laughs> Weird in the sense I couldn't like connect to anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I did when I was a kid? A lot. I read. Really? So did I. I still I still read, but mm -hmm. I read like obsessively, and and you know what? That took me out of myself. That's why I did it. Mm -hmm. So in the recess, like everybody would be like playing soccer or like hitting on the little girls or mm -hmm. whatever, like doing what they do. And I didn't want to deal with that shit because kids can be mean, yeah. <laughs> like very mean. And I, 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 that would hurt a lot. So I didn't like that. I didn't want to, I didn't like dealing with people. I, I didn't know how to fucking conduct myself. I didn't know where I belonged. And I used that because I, I remember, I don't know, reading, reading took mm -hmm. me to a, another world. I, I wasn't here. I was in the book and mm -hmm. living what they were living. And I did that a lot. Actually, my mom had to make me like go to sleep, you know, and I would like be... Because you'd be staying up reading? Yeah. And and then I had like a flashlight. I would cheat, you know, I have mm -hmm. flashlight and I would be reading under the covers. Or we would be like at math class and I had like my 
Baldor, that's a fucking algebra <laughs> thing in South uh -huh. America for all the schools. Like, and inside, I would have like my book, Your and book. I would be reading all the time. Well, what would you read, like sci-fi stuff? I would read sci-fi, and I would read like classics too. I would read mm -hmm. like Jules Verne. I would read like fucking Sandokan, shit mm -hmm. like that. You know, like. And I also read like other stuff that I wasn't like able to grasp it yet. Mm -hmm like more serious stuff. I still read. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of snobbish with that shit. I, I don't read really like, like Chomsky and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like classics, mm -hmm. Steinbeck type yeah, of shit, yeah, yeah. that type of shit. I love that stuff. Like I don't read like bestsellers, like mm -hmm. those that mass produce yeah, books. Yeah, you're really like, like Catcher in the Rye. That type of shit. Uh -huh. I'm kind of like snobbish. I, I don't really Huckleberry enjoy Finn. Yeah, Mark Twain, I read that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I read all that shit, yeah. like all of that. Dude. Actually, that helped me with English because when I came here, I had read all that shit like in translated to Spanish. Gotcha. So you would read it in English and you kind of knew the story. Yeah, so that helped. That's cool. But it's really hard. Like it was, I mean, when you learn a new language, like when you're old, it's like <laughs> fucking yeah. horrible. But well. Yeah, I feel like your English hasn't gotten any better since I've known you. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. It has no, it stays the same. I mean, well, I just had the, I have the accent and there's mm -hmm. nothing I can do about it. It's, yeah. That's the way it is. Uh -huh. That's because when you learn a new language after you're like 11 or 12, your neuronal connections are already made. Your brain is like... Already thinking in that language. Yeah, you, and sends the message to pronounce the things in certain ways. Do way. you dream in English? I do. Wow. That's when you know you... Learn the language. Yeah. I dream in English and I dream Spanish too. Both. It depends on what am I dream. Or sometimes I have these weird ass dreams. Like I'm I'm with people from here, like Speaking American Spanish. people, but I'm in Bogota or in Peru or somewhere and we're speaking Spanish uh -huh. or, or the other way around. Sometimes I dream with people from my past, like when mm -hmm. I was a kid in Colombia and we're speaking English. Or, mm -hmm. so it's weird as fuck. But that's when you know you, you speak a language because you can you dream in it. Mm -hmm. So you're pretty dorky growing up and then when did uh the Yeah, I was I was I was like doing that because I didn't want to deal with reality basically. Mm -hmm. And then I also felt like for some reason when kids were mean to me or any situation or a teacher I would feel it like a lot, bro. Mm -hmm. Like I would like I didn't I didn't like that shit. Yeah, it wouldn't just bounce off you and then you'd say something back, you would like really dwell on it. Yeah, and it would hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. No matter who or whatever, I don't know why I was like that. But I, I was like that. I didn't want to deal. And then... Yeah, and I, I feel like that ultra-sensitive feeling is like, um, I don't know what it is, but like as a kid, like, like if you flicked my arm, like I would feel like I need to punch you. You know what I mean? Like I just felt like what you did was so much more fucked up than like what I'm going to do to you. I think it's because I would obsess about it too. Yeah, you dwell on it and then you mm -hmm. feel like this is so unfair. Why would you do this yeah. to me? Like I, I was minding my own fucking business and mm -hmm. then you're And these people don't even remember and it's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, they but, don't it's yeah. something that happens when you're a kid. That's mm -hmm. it. But uh, for me it was like that. So I didn't 
And then I remember I was growing up and, and something that was really important to me. When you hit like puberty or before, when you start being conscious about the other sex girls, that's when something happened to me. Because I remember I was dorky. I was like always reading my book. I wasn't mm -hmm. like an exceptional student, but I was good. Mm -hmm. I had good grades. I could have done better, but I was always like reading my book, so I don't really... <laughs> But then I started liking little girls, right? And I couldn't fucking talk to them. <laughs> it was horrible. Mm -hmm. I was super shy. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to dudes, but let alone girls. Mm -hmm. It was more nature calling. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. Like you hit like 12 or 13 and yeah, you have you like all the hormones yeah. bouncing inside you. Yeah, you have to like it. And I couldn't. And I remember I started like hanging out with the wrong crowd, not in school, mm -hmm. because down there is not like here, like down there, you go to school at certain place and that's like a group of people that you hang out with in school, but then you go home and there's no school districts. There's like, when you go home, you have your people from your Who neighborhood. Live gotcha. Yeah, so that's, a, and that's the important crowd. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how we do jobs. Something like that. Like we go to our job and then we go home, but people we work with don't necessarily all live next to us. Exactly. I never went to school here in America, so I don't know the system, yeah, but the I know this is like the people from your high school is very, they're very the important yeah. in your social life and they all live in the same area. Over there, it's separate. It's separate, yeah. Okay. So you so, started hanging out with the bad kids at home. And by extension at, at school too, but more at home because mm -hmm. at home is when you're like have free time and you're not like in a controlled yeah. environment. And I tried to do that. I started, not the bad kids, but whatever, the ones that looked bad to me, like mm -hmm. in my head, or the ones that looked cool, the ones that had girls around them. Mm -hmm. I realized like in, in school, there were like two ways like to be cool or popular. And one was like being really good at soccer. And I, I sucked. I wasn't <laughs> good at soccer. And the other one was like, be a good fighter. And mm -hmm. I wasn't. So the other thing is like, be an outcast and hang out with those people. And that's kind of, I went. And then I found, I found acceptance in the group of people that were doing drugs in, in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like older than me, most of them, 16, 17. I was like 14 years mm -hmm. old. They were cool with me. Mm -hmm. Like I hung out with them and they, I, I didn't feel pressure. Right? And I wasn't even using. I used for the first time. And I remember I was so scared because I, was, I, I, I smoked weed for the first time. I remember that shit. And I was like scared because for me it was forbidden. It's, oh man, I'm going to do a drug. Mm -hmm. I, I did it just to fit in. And it didn't do shit to me. It gave me a headache, I remember. Mm -hmm. And they were like having fun. Hey, are you high yet? And I, yeah, I'm so high. But I wasn't. I was mm -hmm. a headache. I think the third time I did it, I felt it. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking awesome. I'm not going to lie. Like the first <laughs> time was like, oh, we were skateboarding on top of that. We were skating. No, we were roller skating. Roller skating. We were roller skating, and then I felt it, and whoa, <laughs> and it was cool, but it wasn't like a life-changing experience, but then it progresses, it progresses, and then what happened is I became that kid that went to parties, and I was like 14, 15, mm -hmm. and I became that kid that would get like blackout drunk, bro, because that was the only way I could bear to be there, and I still couldn't talk to the girls, <laughs> I, I, not even drunk. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would be, like, so self-conscious, and I 
couldn't. And, and I would see them dancing and shit like that. And, and this is in Bogota, Colombia, and they dance salsa. Mm-hmm. Or back then, like disco music, Michael Jackson and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, but mostly salsa and something else called vallenato, which is like when you want to dance slow, that's what they dance. Yeah. And I couldn't dance any of that shit. And I was like, but I would look at one of them. I remember Carmen, that was her name, and I was like, Jesus. And she was so beautiful. I, and I would, couldn't. Mm-hmm. And one day somebody, this older kid, he was like 18, I think. Like one day I went to the bathroom and he came after me. And, came, and I was drunk as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gave me Coke for the first time and that shit changed my life mm-hmm. because he gave me that. And then I, I didn't know this back then, but he was just doing business, you know? He was, okay, Give I'm gonna. Taste. Yeah, he was giving me a taste and I became his best customer. <laughs> one of, but he gave me that shit for the first time. And, and, and then I walked out of that bathroom too and I felt like a different person, totally. Like I was 15, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was life changing because I, I felt so confident and so, mm, and fuck yeah. And then I, 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 I looked at this little girl, the same one that I liked, and I just walked straight to her, let's dance. And, and we danced and fucking, wow. <laughs> I made her laugh and uh-huh. we made out and shit, you know? Wow. And I couldn't fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, dude. I, and, and, and I associated that with the substance, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good deal. It wasn't <laughs> like, do the math. It was like one <laughs> night of pure happiness <laughs> against 35 years of fucking up my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's hard to recreate that moment. But that that's what I chased. After that, I kept chasing that. That feeling, exactly that feeling, mm-hmm. what I felt, because it was perfect. And it never happened again. Actually, I fast forward a few years, and that sense of confidence that the cocaine gave me, it became the opposite. Mm-hmm. It became self-consciousness, like paranoia, like I would be in a club, and then two girls would be like looking at me, and I never, I wouldn't think, oh, they're checking me out. I look, no. I was, what, my fly is open, like, mm-hmm. what's wrong my, with me? My nose is running. Yeah, some They're shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it didn't last. It doesn't last a lot. It's mm-hmm. just, it tricked me. But you know what? If I didn't find that shit, I think I would have, like, killed myself. <laughs> I, don't, I, I yeah. wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. Yeah, there's this guy. I think, uh, God, I can't remember his name. I think he's part of Black Flag. But he always says, like, I don't tell kids not to do drugs because if it wasn't for drugs as a kid, I might have killed myself. <laughs> I, I, uh, that makes sense to me mm-hmm. because I really didn't know what to do with myself. Not, not only, I mean. The- and we could have found something fucked up. Way more fucked up or something, you know? Yeah, like I could have found like violence or yeah, some shit something like that. crazy, or... but it's like, at least when you do drugs, it like skates you into like a horrible living, but it's like, you know, you slip into it, but you still mature a little bit throughout that time. Yeah, and you are able to, I don't know, it's crazy because today I, I've been clean for 15 years and I'm, I live an okay life today. I'm reasonably happy, so I mm-hmm. don't but I don't know if I would fucking want to leave all that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was totally unhappiness and lack of control and lack of everything. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't only like the girls, you know, that's what triggered everything. But it was everything, the way I felt about myself, like mm-hmm. the, the, not knowing who I am, what I want, where I belong. Where, having this sense of lack of connection Mm -hmm. and the drugs made me feel that a little bit with these people that were around me 
they, they made me feel like I had friends. And then yeah. I found coke and oh, well, now I got girls too, so mm-hmm. I'm the shit. <laughs> uh, that doesn't didn't last, obviously. And, and that's what started the thing, you know? It started the thing and real quick I found myself because when you're like 16 or 15, you don't make your own fucking money and, then, and coke is not cheap. And it is cheap in Colombia, but not if you don't have any money, it's not. I mean, you're a kid, you have no, you don't drive, you know? So you need to find ways to, Mm -hmm. to, and and it becomes a a bad habit real quick. Like you gotta fucking do it a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And then back then in the 80s, they they came out with this thing called bazooko in Colombia, which is like the equivalent of crack. Mm -hmm. So we were doing that too, and it cost money. So I found myself doing like crazy shit, dude. Yeah, it's always weird when people are like, oh, isn't crack cheap? I'm like, no, who's like, who th- who started that rumor that crack is cheap? <laughs> Do they have that idea? Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's not different. I don't think it's that different than Coke. You just need more of it. It's, if it's, anything, it's more expensive. It's not different. It's, it's for the social connotation. I've, yeah. I've, I've realized that because where I'm from, you could do Coke. Like in a social setting. Yeah, you're not smoking crack at a party. No, you can't. <laughs> then everybody would look at you like, oh my God. Yeah. Because, and, or, or, but it's like tolerated, you know, mm-hmm. even like, okay, yeah. He can. Oh, they're doing coke in the bathroom. Okay, yeah. yeah it's fine. Okay, that's some coke sometimes he buys, but he's yeah. successful and he's this mm-hmm. and that. But and when he, someone's smoking crack, people are like, oh, like, you know, they're like, they, they look down on people because yeah. they're smoking crack and it's looked down upon and, and mm-hmm. it's like, for poor people, like mm-hmm. in the ghetto, and, and it's not and it's not cheap at all because yeah. when you do that shit, you gotta keep going and keep going yeah. and keep going and keep going. I always say like the difference between cocaine is that and crack for me is that when I used to buy coke, I used to think about who I was gonna buy it from. I think about who had the best coke. I'd get like a certain amount of money together, and then when I had enough, I would go to who I thought had the fire, and then I would hand him like a hundred dollars. And then before I gave him the money, I'd want to see it. And then I'd look at it and then I'd open the bag and I'd smell it and yeah. taste it. And normally just from smelling and looking, I could tell if it's fire. And if it was if it was good, I would give him the money and I would buy it. And if it wasn't, sometimes I wouldn't buy it or I'd wait for someone else. With crack, it would be like, go to the hood. I have $24 on me. <laughs> hand it over to anybody on a bicycle. Yeah. Get the crack. Don't even look at it and like and like run off into the night. You know, it's like yeah, and uh, you could have gone like wax. Yeah, it could have been anything, but it's like there's zero like uh, thinking or like wondering or trying to get a good deal or like, dude, if you have crackers, eight dollars. You know, that's it. I mean, at least me, I wasn't like a street person, so Mm -hmm. every time I went to a hood, I was like scared. (laughs) <laughs> and I wanted to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I would, uh, your hood me. is probably different than our hood, but yeah. I liked it over there. No, well, eventually I I mm-hmm. came to like it, but when yeah. I was younger, younger you get scared. I, 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 I wanted to go, and what, then what they would the sell hook? me. Sh- they would give me shit that it wasn't like fucking crack or bazooka or bazooka. And I would live, and then I, this is fucking chalk, dude, mm-hmm. or Alka-Seltzer or whatever. Like, and I I was fucked. I wasn't going to go back there and fuck them, you know? Yeah. Like, I would go back and buy from the same motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what was the hoods like in Colombia? You know what my dad used to say growing up? Because my dad's Colombia. You know, yeah, I know, I remember when I was little, my dad used to say, the difference between the United States and Colombia is that if you get into an argument with someone in Colombia, he can walk outside Go to anybody and be like, "Here's a hundred dollars. Kill that motherfucker." Is it uh, like that? 
Not so much anymore, but when I Maybe grew back up, then. it was like that because, I don't know, Colombian people can be very violent, mm -hmm. too, especially in the hood. And the difference is, like, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of... The hood looks like the hood. Like, here, the hood looks like a fucking... It could be like a daytime, it could be like a middle-class neighborhood yeah. <laughs> down there. Over there, it's like slums? Yeah, looks okay. like shit, looks... Ugly people look like shit, and, and and they know when you are not from there. You know they yeah, know. They know who lives there and who's from there and who's not. Yeah, and, and when you are not from there, you they know you come from the nice neighborhood. They wanna you over. Like it's mm -hmm. some scary. And until they get to know you, and then mm -hmm. they realize that you're like a customer, customer. Mm -hmm. and they even like you for whatever reason. I yeah. don't know. And then and then you become what I became, mm -hmm. which is like. Someone from the good neighborhood who can go to the hood, not be killed, and buy shit. Mm -hmm. So that I started doing that because that enabled me, enabled me to go buy shit and go back to my nice neighborhood mm -hmm. and sell to everybody. I didn't have, I didn't even have to cut it. I would mm -hmm. do that, and I would have like enough to support my habit, and mm -hmm. I even had money <laughs> because they wouldn't go there. I did. Yeah, and you charge a premium. Yeah. There's a despective word for that. Yeah. It's, it's called pasero. Oh, yeah? Yeah, pasero is someone who does that. It's like an inner country mule. Something like that. <laughs> it's someone who, who goes to a hood and buys and shit buys and then and comes back. back, risks his ass. Yeah. So you can be in your nice neighborhood and buy. Chill. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. A lot. So that that's when it started. It's like it Postmates. It's like Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. That, I was I was <laughs> like the fucking bazooka and coca. <laughs> Uber um, Eats guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It I've noticed like here in, Ameri in American culture, like the, mm -hmm. the drug dealer, the, the people that use, they look up to him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that down there. So in Colombia, people don't think drug dealers are cool. No. At least not in my circle. Not in your circle. No, no was way, like, I was looked down upon. Like the, oh, he's a drug addict. Like he's a drug addict, and they were too. Yeah, but I also was. But the dealer wasn't cool. No, maybe whoever owned the whole operation and had a jet. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's cool. But you are just a motherfucker going to the hood and buying and bringing. Yeah, like, so people know, weren't looking. Diamond, nickel. No, no, you are looked down upon mm -hmm. in Peru and in Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. Well, in Colombia, I was super young, mm -hmm. so I didn't really have time to be looked down upon, but I started doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and But you know what? It became ugly real quick. Not I'm not talking about a physical bottom because I was young and resilient, so I, I was able like to be up for five days and then like whatever, you know, because I was young. I was like a kid and my face wouldn't show it. Yeah. So, but I felt like I, I, I didn't like, I yeah, didn't like yeah. my life. Yeah, one week of smoking crack is enough for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It ages your soul. Exactly. It, it like, does something. It's, like, because I, I was I talking about it on the show a lot. It's, like, there's something about crack that is, like, so dark and fucked up that it's, uh, it's unlike any other drug, like opiates or whatever. It just makes you feel so bad. The, the come down from it and the grip that, and I think everyone who smokes crack is aware of how addicted they are. Yes, because when you run out, you're... Yeah, you it's, do it's, anything. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. yeah. How much was a gram of coke back then there? 
I don't know. Did you even buy grams or did you just buy like 20 grams at a time? I would How buy, cheap is it out there? No, I would buy like five grams, at, five grams at the time. Okay. But cheap as fuck. Like 50 bucks? Like back then it was like equivalent of like five or ten dollars. Wow. And nowadays you can go down to Lima, Peru. I haven't been in Colombia a lot, mm -hmm. but I think you can buy five grams for fucking ten dollars or fifteen. Wow. Fifteen. Pure wow. shit. Wow. Now here, making it out of their like alive, it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> he said making it out of their alive is a different story. Yeah, yeah, because you need to go like to a Peruvian hood, which is the same mm -hmm. as Colombia. You know, it's fucking horrible. It's yeah. like they smell the clean people that are like. No, from... they can smell your weakness. Like you are not a hood person. Yeah. They can smell that. They know mm -hmm. that. I mean, and, and it happens sometimes. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just have like to. I've been in the hood, like driving my nice car and wearing a suit, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that always blew my mind because I don't see you as a suit guy. Oh, because I, I remember, that, I, I remember for ten years. I remember you would tell your story about like going to work. So tell me about that. How, how did you get this job? What were you doing? Mm. You got married. Yeah, that was crazy because I was I was this person that I just described younger, and then I moved to Peru, and I kept being the same person pretty much. I did this, that, whatever. I, I but then one day when I was like thirty more or less, you cleaned up your act. You know what happened? I, I went, I was out of my second rehab and down there it's like one year each rehab and you... So wait, 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 who would send you there? Your mom? No, I went there by myself. You would go voluntarily in yeah. South America to a year long program? Yeah, but you don't, like the first time... Can you leave if you want to? No. So if you check in, it's a year. Yeah, but I'm talking about like a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how it is now. I, yeah, but, but back but then. It was like you were feeling like shit, right? And then you started like looking for answers. And then you would see this brochure. Okay, if you have addiction problems, look at the And this, they were always in the outskirts, out outskirts of the city. And it was like a nice house. Religious? A, no. Wow. Some of them were religious, but the I didn't like that. Went, yeah. So I remember I, I, I saw this brochure and I went to a place actually. Uh-huh. And my mom and all my family, they were living here. But in America. I, yeah. So I went and I was like, um, nice house, like jacuzzi, swimming pool, horses and shit. And mm -hmm. I'm like, looks like a good time. Free? No, free my ass. They're, no, they were, it was expensive. Mm -hmm. And then I called my mom to the States and, and she paid for it. Wow. But you go there and it's nothing like the fucking brochure. <laughs> There's no horses, no swimming pool. No, it's mm -hmm. like they put like eight people per room, like bunk beds. It's fucking. Wow. And, and then you have to sign a piece of paper, a legal document. That you can't leave. You are, yeah, you're like Baker acting yourself. Like you are in prison. You cannot leave even if you want to. Yeah. And, and the place is like secured and there's people like guarding it. Like, and then if you, if you run away, uh -huh. they bring you back. It's a business. So they call your family first uh -huh. and they say, because I've heard it, I've done it too. Uh -huh. <laughs> because when you, when you stay a long time, you become one of the trustees or whatever. Uh -huh. So you call the family and you listen, your loved one decided to take a hike. Mm -hmm. So do you want us to go get him? And you need to ask, you know, why, right? Because that costs money. Yeah. So it would be like a fee for that like shit. Like a bounty. Yeah. So they say, okay, yeah, I'll pay whatever. Please go get him. And then you get info from the family. Okay, where does he hang out when he uses or whatever? And then they would get like some trustees like me. 
Like I, mm -hmm. I was lacking my last like nine in my nine last months. three months there uh -huh. or whatever. So I was a trustee and one of the dudes that worked there and uh -huh. four trustees and we get in a car, go to a city, find the motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking like handcuff him, like whatever we need to bro, knock him out and bring him back. Wow. And, and they did that to me too. Oh my that, God. They true. found you and brought your ass back. The second time I the couldn't take time. it no more and I left. And then my mom paid and they, they brought my ass back. Oh and my God. Beat this shit they beat you. Yeah, they beat you. Oh my God. I mean, they beat you. Because, I mean, if you don't get aggressive. If you're resisting, yeah. But you are going to resist. But it's not cops. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. They, not, no, but you, I mean, if they get you and, and you're like getting high and you don't want to go back there, you're going to resist and of they're going to they're they're beat, beat the shit out of you. Yeah. That's how it is. Wow. The thing is, well, after my second, and it was funny, bro, because they weren't regulated. I don't think they were. You need a license. You need, you, you didn't need to have shit. Uh -huh. And then you don't do nothing in there the whole day. No therapy? They had like a psychologist that went like twice a week, bro. Mm -hmm. The second one was a little bit better because it was owned by a psychiatrist, but mm -hmm. the first one was just some dude in recovery that rented a house in the outskirts and had people there. Well, whatever. And then you're going crazy. So you know what you do? You work out. That's all. <laughs> wow. And there's no females there. So, so yeah. You, ah, crazy. You, yeah, you work out. So when you get out, you're like fucking all... Jacked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the two times that I went out, I was jacked and it lasted one week, bro, mm. because I started smoking. Crying. Yeah. And, bro, it, a week, that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. And I went back to yeah. just like that. But the second time, I went to meetings. I remember vaguely. I don't remember exactly. Uh -huh. But you got to introduce the 12 step meetings. Yeah. And I was trying and I was staying with my little brother for he, he let me, he told me, listen, I'm going to let you stay here more. Fucker, one, like whatever. If I see like you're doing something weird, if I smell something weird, if I, if you bring a hooker to my place, you're <laughs> out. Right, okay. And then I, I met this girl, right? Mm -hmm. That's what changed my life. Like, she was like pretty, and and I became like her project, you know. Mm -hmm. Because she was like pretty, and she had she was a graphic designer, and she was really good, and she mm -hmm. worked for one of the top like magazines in Peru. And I don't know why the fuck I she liked me. <laughs> so she, so she started taking care of me, and she gave me self confidence, and she told me, bro, you're smart. Like, why are you like this? Like you, and then she. Faked a resume. She helped me fake mm -hmm. a resume, and I got a job as a salesperson. In, the, but I got a job at this place where everybody wants to work at in down there in mm -hmm. Peru. It's the, like the top. They're from Spain. The like headquarters. A magazine? No, it's not a magazine. It's like AT and T, but for the Spanish world. Okay. They're like the headquarters are in Spain. Mm -hmm. And as an employer, employee, you want to work there. Like, they're one of the most, like, coveted employers mm -hmm. in Peru. Like, they... So it's the, a good place to work. It's like enterprise. I know. It's, know. it's a badass job. Like, even when you went to, like, school and got your degree and shit and mm -hmm. you want to work there. And I was, like, a fucking crackhead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I got the job. Just as a salesperson. And then I started, like, doing so good. And so the, I started like getting promoted and I became like this corporate person. I don't know. That's, that's what your original mm -hmm. question. That's what, that's how it happened. Wow. So one day I found myself and I eventually. And get, you were making money and wearing a student title work. Were you still using hard? 
I slowed down a lot because mm -hmm. that was motivation for me. Like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what was happening to me. Like all of a sudden people would call me sir. Like I had a wife because I ended up marrying this girl. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty wife and a house and a car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I would go to work and I had like a desk and a secretary and shit. And I was mm -hmm. like, what is, what's happening? I couldn't, it was crazy. When I had all that inside, deep inside, I was that little scared kid that couldn't talk to girls. I was that person. I was not okay with me. I, I, I can't explain it in any other way. I just, it wore off. Like the novelty of all that shit wore off. And then I, I, I just started using heavy again. And this time it was even worse because this time I had the resources to do it. Mm -hmm. This time I had money. This time I, I, I found the world of high-end hookers. Mm -hmm. Like... This time I, I was able to go to a nice hotel and lock myself in for three, four days and call like high-end hookers and do my shit. Mm -hmm. That was my dream, bro. That was like my <laughs> dream when I was like younger. You know, oh, I want to be like that. And then that's not, a, I mean, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. you know, you know? And I did that. And, I, and it, this time was different because this time I had something to lose, you know. So if I felt this pressure upon me, like every time I use, and, and this time, this time is like 90s. It's 90s, like 90s something. And so we have cell phones now mm -hmm. and that changes the game because now you can be located at any time. And people are trying to call you. Yeah. So, so, and people know something's up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that before, before there were no cell phones. Oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> you could make shit up, you yeah. know? Now you can't, that like you turn off your cell phone and then you turn it off. <laughs> like All these messages. Yeah, and what the fuck, where are you, are you okay? Blah, 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 blah. So it, that, that was a game changer for me. That, that increased my paranoia levels mm -hmm. like a million percent. And so I have money I have, and, I, and now I have a career and a wife and all this shit to lose that I didn't have before. So it, the, the feeling was terrible. So sometimes it was unbearable. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't stop it. Dude. I just couldn't. I just couldn't stop it. I couldn't, there was nothing I could do to stop it. And sometimes I would, like, I tried everything. I tried therapy, like psychologists, psychiatrists. Like, I, I couldn't, I, nothing helped me. Not, not even my wife. I couldn't stop feeling like shit about her because I was so shitty to her. Like, I, I at some point I just, didn't care anymore, you know, I started like openly using, like mm -hmm. I, I would, <laughs> she knew I was going out to hotels with hookers and I, it was horrible and I just didn't give a fuck anymore and I felt, I, I still feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, I just couldn't stop me and eventually I got fired. And, and you know what, one day I, I came back from a run and my wife, she didn't let me in the house and, and I knew it was going to get bad. That's why I stayed with her for a few years because mm -hmm. I knew it was gonna get super bad without her and it got bad. Like the first thing I did, I got at this apartment and then I started going, I was 30, I was like 36 years old and I started going out with an 18 year old. <laughs> <laughs> and she was a vacuum cleaner, bro. Like <laughs> she did so much coke. And 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 then my <laughs> my life went to shit like real quick. I lost the job, I lost every material position possession I had and I ended up with nothing and that's when I 
And I had a visa, thank God, to come here. Like mm-hmm. I had an open visa. Like I don't, American people don't understand this shit, but it's really hard to come to the States and mm-hmm. to get a visa to come here. But I had that. My mom told me, why don't you come here? And that's when everything like I decided to do because I just didn't know what to do. She sent airfare. No, she sent the ticket to my cousin, mm-hmm. no money. And my cousin took me to the airport, and I came here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck they let me through customs because I was high as fuck. I was like, I <laughs> uh, heroin too, or just cocaine? No, I never did. I never did. Just cocaine. I'm old school, and I'm from South America. We don't have heroin. Heroin in Colombia or in Peru, we don't have that. Mm. We just have like crack, or we call it bazuco in Colombia, or pasta in Peru, which is the same shit. Mm-hmm. I did that, I did coke, I did a lot of alcohol because I was trying to find that balance with alcohol. And the worst thing that, ha- I mean, I'm talking back then, I don't know how is it now, but back then we didn't have any of that crazy shit that it's around now, you know? Mm-hmm. But what really, you know what didn't help? When I had this job, I was good at it and I was making them a lot of money. So they found this dude, a doctor, a psych- psychologist, like, mm-hmm. I don't remember what he was. And he was trying, like, to help me, right? He told me, when do you feel like using the most? And I do, I use all the time. <laughs> because that's what, that was my life. No, when do you, and I told him, well, I'm working here. I, I didn't even have to be there, like, that was my job. I didn't have to, like, it was, I didn't have to punch in or punch out. It was, like. Remote. No, it wasn't remote. I just didn't have to be in the office. Mm-hmm. I, I had like a team working for me and shit like that. So I, I, just had, I just had to show results. But it became evident that something was wrong with me and people started talking shit. Mm-hmm. And people wanted the accounts that I had. People started... Taking them over. Why, why, why does he have that account? That's mm-hmm. like the best account. Like, that guy is a drug addict. Don't you see him? He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. So this guy, I remember like it was, I was ready to quit because I became, I would do so much coke that I couldn't even function anymore. Like I would be like stuck. I need to do something, right? And there was no amount of alcohol to balance that out. I was just always like stuck at some point. So this guy tells me, when do you feel like using it? I guess in the afternoons, I would call the guy, he would come to my office, leave that shit. Okay, in the afternoons, four o'clock, and he gave me this, pills and he like, you're gonna cut half of this and take it and that's gonna help you with your, with your anxiety mm. so okay and I did that the first day and I didn't use the second day I took half of the pill and and then I couldn't help it and I called the guy and and I started doing coke and then I was I wasn't paranoid I wasn't stiff I was what the fuck what's happening <laughs> it was that fucking pill so wow. that kept me going. They were roofies. Mm-hmm. They're, wow. they're called roipnol in Spanish. Like they yeah. were. But I forget what, what it's called in English, but I know. Yeah, it's roofies. Yeah, they were roofies, and and and, and <laughs> you know what? Down there. So you could use more now. Yeah, that's what happened. Like I, bec- I was so happy. I remember because I was able to use and not be paranoid and. Grit- and, uh, yeah, and, and and walk around and do my stuff and even work, like, I, whatever. I was like, that kept me going. Mm-hmm. And this is Peru, so you don't really need a fucking prescription. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you don't go to a chain pharmacy. You go to a neighborhood pharmacy and they'll sell you all the roofies you want. Yeah. 
cheap. So I started taking those fucking things. I, I, that's when I started forgetting everything. Like I would like, <laughs> I have no memory of days of my life, dude. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Okay, so you come to America, what's that like? It was horrible. It was horrible because I came here and you know what? I I didn't know what to expect, but I remember my sister, my little sister came to pick me up and then they were really nice, hey, welcome or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they didn't tell me, this, listen, this is not Peru. There's no fucking around here. He, or you work and make money or you starve. It's like type of shit. And I, okay. And, and, and it was like a shock. It was it was a shock, and I and I came. My first job was like washing car, washing cars, and I was like forty. No, I was thirty eight, mm -hmm. and I was here, and I couldn't speak the language, and I was like coming from being like a boss, coming from this cushy job, you know, mm -hmm. like people respected you, yeah, like and I was secretary. Yeah, and then I'm fucking watching cars. I have this boss, he's Haitian, and, and he would yell at me every day. I couldn't fucking understand what he was saying, but he would yell at me. Mm -hmm. And I would, like, wash my cars and, and get paid cash at this dealership. Like for $100? No, less than I don't remember. It was shit mm -hmm. money. <laughs> it was enough to go buy crack <laughs> because that's what I did with that money. <laughs> and it's expensive here. Were you freaking out the first time you bought crack here? Were you like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> no, you know what? Because I would imagine like going from Peru where it's so cheap and plentiful where you come here and you're just like, wait, you all know, of that for this? You know, you want to hear the first time I did coke uh -huh. here? Uh -huh. I almost got my ass kicked. I went to Las Olas. Uh-huh. <laughs> my sister was trying to be nice with me, so she took me to Las Olas to, for dinner with her husband or whatever. So my, I don't know who was there, family. And I snuck out of the restaurant because I realized, oh, this is a party place. I can find some shit here. And I started walking and I went to this, and I had like a little money. I had like 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I went, right? And I went and I, I, I couldn't really talk. Yeah, the guy was Jamaican, mm -hmm. but he pulls out this little baggie, right? The mm -hmm. 20. And bro, that's nothing in per That's like, you know what I did? I, got, I, th I thought honest to God. I thought he was giving me like a sample, like, like to test it. So uh -huh. I got the whole bag and I dumped it on my hand. And I went, <laughs> and the guy is like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And then, uh, and, wow. and then this other guy, he, he spoke Spanish, bro, that's 20 bucks. I'm like, what? 20 bucks. And then it was so bad. Like, God. It, it wasn't really Coke. You, you it know, was garbage uh, Coke, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fucking horrible. So I gave him my other 20 bucks, mm -hmm. and I did the other, uh, and that's, then eventually I found crack, mm -hmm. and that did get me high. Was the crack good here, or was it not? Was it okay. was the same. Okay. It's hard to find really bad crack, even though it's out there, but it's really hard to find good coke. I never found good coke here. Yeah, it's like horrible. And some people have told me that maybe you, I didn't know the right people. Or yeah, maybe you, you gotta I, like uh, go. Like the thing is that with coke, you have to like make a phone call and know someone and go to their house or like meet at an apartment. Crack, you just like go... Any hood, 
it's and there. it's crack, and, and, it's and, crack. It, and, and it's it did there. get me high as fuck. <laughs> but coke, I could never find like the That's shit so that I was crazy. used to because oh down there, like every coke is good coke. It's yeah. like you know, like. That's mm -hmm. what it is. It's mm -hmm. cheap. <laughs> so it was frustrating, and it was part of... I'm, I'm grateful for that. It was so hard. To, and, bro, I was, like, washing cars. So I couldn't really, like, afford... More, yeah. No, and I couldn't afford, like, what I did when I used... Where, uh, what I did was I would go to a hotel room and call a hooker. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, because I couldn't do anything to her. Yeah. I was, it's like, just company. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know why, bro, like, yeah, yeah. crack and coke, that shit doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I call a hooker, and I, and I couldn't afford any of that. I could barely afford, like, the crack. Mm -hmm. I think I finally decided to look for help out of isolation because I was so lonely. Mm -hmm. Because my family, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. I mean, I was crazy. I was like... I couldn't even afford a prostitute. I, I couldn't, I, people, I didn't have friends. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I didn't speak English to English. Like I, mm -hmm. And that's why I decided to ask for help. In hindsight, when I look back, I'm grateful that I came here. Mm -hmm. Not because I was away from Peru. It taught me shit. It taught, you know, I became a... I became a better person for being here, just for being here, because I came from... This is really hard to understand if you're American and if you don't know South America, but I came from a place where I thought I was better than a lot of people. Privileged, let's say. Mm -hmm. Like I was part of the pop that part of the population that lives in this place. And, and I was brought up that way. And then we have these people that come from the, in Peru, they come from the Andes, the original Peruvians, mm -hmm. like the real deal, you know, the ones that been here since before the Spaniards, mm -hmm. the Incas, and they have their own language. It's called Quechua. And they're Indians and they come, there's so much poverty, so they come to Lima, the big city, the coast where I'm mm -hmm. from, trying to survive. And they don't speak Spanish correctly. And people look down at them. Yeah, and people make fun on their accent and shit because they don't speak Spanish correctly. And wow. we look at them, bro, and I come here and I was that person. Mm -hmm. And that made me a better person. And I, I, I'm convinced of that. Humility. I'm, I needed that. I need to understand that I'm a human being, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm not more or less of than any fucking body else. And that mm -hmm. lesson was hard because I came from a place I had all this preconceptions, you know, like where I come from, it's, it's I don't, it, it might be the same here, but it's not my reality here. Mm -hmm. Where I come from is you have to live here and you have to go to school here and then you have to work here and drive this and wear this fucking thing. And in summer, you need to go to, you need to rent a house, bitch, in this bitch or this other bitch mm -hmm. or what, that type of shit. And I was really like full of that shit when I came here. Mm -hmm. And then all that meant nothing. I was just some dude who couldn't speak the fucking language washing cars. <laughs> and and I, it felt horrible. Yeah, and I think it's important because sometimes people look at, you know, someone who's cutting grass or who's washing cars, who's from another country, and they just assume that they're uneducated, poor, and just like subhuman, you know? And it's really interesting to think that, like, you know, the, there's... Plenty of people, because, you know, it happens all the time. You know, it happens with every culture where people are doctors in other cultures and they come here and, you yeah. know, they're a custodian or, or something like that or they a have, housekeeper. They have to do what they have to do. Mm -hmm. 
like right now what's happening in Ukraine, like yeah. a lot of those people, they they're have displaced, to, yeah. Yeah, they are displaced and they may be like an engineer there and then if they don't speak good English, they, they end up here in New York and they're Washing fucking- Washing dishes or something, yeah. Yeah, or they're like fucking counting tickets at the metro, whatever the mm -hmm. fuck. And people assume, people Yeah, people to just treat that. them like shit and yeah. retarded or whatever. But you know what? In my case, I needed that shit. Mm -hmm. And I think addiction does that. Like, addiction humbles you, you know? And it, like, whoops your ass eventually, you yeah. know? Because even myself, like, I grew up in a nice neighborhood and, you know, was considered one of, like, the richer kids who went to my high school or whatever. Active addiction took me to, you know, horrible places that I started to think about how I used to act and how I used to be and um, how much I took for granted. Mm. And then when you go to like meetings, you really meet so many different people that have it way worse than you. And I don't know, I just feel like something happened to my spirit where I started to change how egotistical and better than I had lived, you know? It opens up your mind and your soul mm -hmm. because you are so diverse. And, and we started caring for each other. That's 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 a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And that's because of, of the 12 step. And we program. remind each other of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like yeah. we remind each other that we're all equal. And, and we remind each other that just because we're doing good now doesn't mean that we are not still addicts. And, exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it, and it's not a cheesy thing. We say we're yeah. all equal. We are. Yeah. Like in, in, in a practical level, we yeah. all hang. I don't know. Yeah. It's like you could go out to dinner and like you could be a millionaire and so this person could be in a halfway house and... Like, to us, we're just all yeah. trying to stay clean. We're all together, kicking yeah. it, like having yeah. a good time. And, and that's a good, that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And those all, all those things, like, I, I get to work on that today, but mm -hmm. I, I still remember. I, I You know what? Actually, I remember, like, I used that because part of being who I am, especially when I was young, I felt so inadequate and so weird and so little self-worth. Mm -hmm. So part of what I used to cover that was the fact that I, oh, I, I, well, I live here mm -hmm. and I'm wearing these shoes, so I'm, I'm whatever. And I, that's, that's bullshit. That doesn't, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why when I say I am grateful because I ended up here with nothing, I am. And you know what? I'm grateful because today I live here and I get to be whoever I want to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I, I don't have to be this or that, or I, I don't have a lot of money, but I'm not poor either, you know? I, I have my little business going on. I, I own it. I like what I do. I'm doing okay in life. I take care of my mother. I don't own, but I don't have a lot of money, mm -hmm. but I'm free to be who I am. And that's another thing, like where I'm from, someone like me working with my hand, that you that doesn't happen. Mm. You can't, you, you, you don't. Yeah. You have to look corporate. To you have to. Like, you could never, like, oh, my God. No, you could never, like, be a mechanic or some shit like that. No. Wow. Because it's not. It's, it's looked not, down upon. They, it's like a poor job. Yeah. Like, the idea doesn't even cross your mind. Like, you don't even think about it. Like, it's mm -hmm. something that you don't think about. Yeah. And here I work with my hands. I, I, I mean, I. Yeah, and I think growing up as kids, we are just, like, thinking that people who are plumbers and do AC and stuff like that is, like, not a good job. Like when you tell someone, oh, I'm going to go to technical school and become a plumber, people are like, oh, like yeah, you why? fucked your life up. But bro, there are plumbers making millions of dollars. Like I have a friend who does AC. Everyone else went to college and stuff. Dude, this guy kills it at his AC company. Makes more money on them. Yeah, makes more money than yeah, them. He, yeah. bro, he's been making six figures since he was like 20 years old. He's got his dream car and it's like, dude, he has a sick ass trade. 
And I think growing up, we don't teach that enough. And like, even on social media, it's always like become a millionaire and da da da. But it's like, bro, you could be a plumber and you can make 150, 200, even more. But it's like technical skills, like even construction, people who build bathrooms and stuff like that, dude, they make good, sick, money, good yeah. money, bro. It's not about what you do, it's about your attitude towards yeah, life. Yeah, you and, love it and yeah. whatever. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, when you go on Instagram, it's like, there's a lot of people who make money with their hands. And if they wanted to, they could make way more and have a whole bunch of people working for them. And they choose not to mm. because they'd rather just have like a clean, good living and, and vacation and take time off. Yeah, because it's a lot of fucking stress. Yeah, I mean, I'm, imagine. I'm, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. So it's All like, but if you wanted to, you know, you could have a giant AC company and employees and Whatever. I guess. I mean, but, but I'm not. I'm. That's not my goal. Mm -hmm. And I. I. I mean, yeah. I could grow the. Maybe I'm not like an entrepreneur. I'm more mm -hmm. like an AC guy, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Some some other people they want to grow, grow, yeah, grow, yeah. grow, and it's okay. Yeah. If you want that, I I don't. But I'm. I, you know what? I'm I'm grateful because I'm I'm comfortable. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't I don't need money. I'm okay. I'm. I don't have a lot. I'm not a millionaire. I couldn't fuck. You I, do well, though. Yeah, I do well. I can't complain. Mm -hmm. So how did you get clean? Because I don't think even I know this. I got clean because I was telling you, out of isolation, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. And I remember that I had been I had been to some 12-step meetings down in Peru. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I went to a couple, I vaguely remember. And then I, I went to, I went like, a few times to this other one, mm -hmm. but I'd never stayed. Actually, I met someone there, and mm -hmm. then it was, well, no story. <laughs> <laughs> I met a girl, and we both ended up, like... Getting out. Yeah, getting out of there and whatever. Mm -hmm. But here, I remember that. And so one day, I was so tired, dude. Like, my bottom wasn't like a hard... I mean, it was... Pretty, I, was I was broke. I didn't have shit. I was washing cars for a living. Mm -hmm. I was like... Eh. I was feeling... I couldn't stop feeling like shit every second of every day, even when I was like using, and that's bad. Because at least before when I yeah. was using that raw, I mean, I would be like, you know what, all I did when I was using in the end, and when I say the end, I mean like the last like 10 years, was peek out of windows and shit, like being paranoid. That's what I did, being yeah. paranoid. Unfortunately, but you know what? The relief was like while I was doing that, I didn't have time like to, to feel. think about anything else. Or, yeah. But at some point, that's what they mean when they say the drugs didn't work for us anymore. They that's what working. they mean. They yeah. stopped working. Yeah. So there was a time where I would hate my life and then I would get high and I'd have relief and then the drugs would wear off and then I'd hate my life and then I would get high and I would have relief. But then there comes a time where you hate your life, you're feeling miserable, you get high, and, and there's no relief. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's like it, it's like turning the light on and off, on and off, and then one day it just it just doesn't turn off. It's just like the, the, yeah. something happens when you use where it no longer covers the feelings anymore. Exactly. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. And it was unbearable. Unbearable. Like, I would still get paranoid. I would still be peeking out windows. I would get like a, you know, like the psychosis, like the crack-induced psychosis. I would hear shit that wasn't there. I would see shit that wasn't there. But I didn't feel the relief anymore. I was hated. I hated my life. You put mm -hmm. it perfectly. 
I couldn't stop feeling like shit. I remember I, I looked it up in my sister's little sister computer, mm-hmm. and I looked it up, and I found... Meetings? A meeting, and I went. Well, so th- when you got clean, you didn't even go to rehab or anything. You just went to meetings? No, I went to a meeting because I was here with a student visa. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to be working. I didn't speak English. I didn't have insurance. I didn't mm-hmm. know about rehab or nothing. I just... Wow. So I went to a meeting. Wow. I went to a meeting, and I remember the meeting. Nobody spoke Spanish there. And I... <laughs> That's funny. I was in Hollywood, in Young Circle, before uh-huh. they fixed it up. And yeah. It was a park, a shitty park before. <laughs> and I went to a meeting there. It was an outdoors meeting. Nobody spoke Spanish. Just this guy, like, this guy, he, 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 he's still clean. He lives somewhere up in, up north mm-hmm. in Florida. He spoke a little. I think he worked in construction or he was a foreman or something. He spoke some Spanish. Like he, he made me, he gave me a meeting list from South Dave. Mm-hmm. And he said, like in his like Spanish, I don't remember exactly. Like he said something like, your people, you go there, your people, some shit like that. Uh-huh. So I, I, I look at that and I was like, and I started going to meetings there. Wow. And my first meeting was this, and then I went there, and the meeting is in English, but people, it's South Miami, I already speak Spanish there, yeah. so I felt more comfortable, and, and that's that's where my journey began. Dude, so you didn't, and that's crazy, because when I met you, you, you knew English. Yeah, because I had been coming to meetings, like, for a wow. couple of years. I came wow. for one whole year. And uh, used. So you Yeah, used, I kept using. So you went to meetings and used for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting acquainted to like whatever I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I was getting better at English. Mm-hmm. Because I mean in school in Peru or Peru Colombia? in Colombia we take English. Mm-hmm. Every year we take English. Yeah. It's like mandatory. So you knew some English the way people here know some Spanish. Yeah, some I you know what? I was always a good student, so it, I remember the grammar and that helped, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I knew some English, and I already told you this. I read a lot, so that mm-hmm. I guess that helped too, and whatever. And I, but I did, and and then when you're down there, mm-hmm. you think you speak a little English because when people go there, like American people, they uh-huh. try to communicate with you. But then you come here, and people start talking to you, and, and they say, "Hey, what's up, man?" And you fucking don't know what they're saying. <laughs> you don't. You what? You don't understand. Wow. And when you're like, I came here, I was 38 years old, and that's old, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's South Florida, so if you don't want to learn English, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, if you want, If you want English, press one. Espanol, dos. You don't really, and everywhere you go, somebody's going to speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to. But my mom, she's been here like for 30-some years, and she can't speak English. Yeah, I have family who can't speak English. And... They don't have to, and they don't want. Like go to Hialeah, or those older. They mm-hmm. don't. They don't want to learn. They don't care. They don't. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? So I come here. That's part of. I'm grateful for that too, because I could have been one of those people. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Let me just like survive here, and I don't have to learn this. Why? Mm-hmm. And then I start. I start going to meetings, and and I start meeting people. You liked American culture, though, right? You know what? I like the fact that I can be myself here. Mm-hmm. I'm free here. I don't have those. Well, I mean, because I remember when I met you, you always were listening to like American music. Oh, I know. That's since I was a kid. But that's not yeah. me. That's that's the world. The world listens to American music. Yeah, sometimes of... I don't know that. Yeah, well, 
American music is listened all over the world. And American wow. culture is well known all over the world, like so, TV, yeah. movies. So you know, like, the Chili Peppers and all that stuff. Yeah, everybody, not me, like yeah. everybody around the world. But I, I like that music better than Spanish music. I like Spanish rock. Mm -hmm. But I don't like like salsa and shit like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> that type of music yeah. I, don't, I don't like. So when do you make the decision from going to meetings and using and being in and out to making the decision to stay? I couldn't tell you what exactly happened. Dude. I was just, first of all, it's important that people were so welcoming that mm -hmm. I kept coming. I was I, I didn't feel judged. That's important to mm -hmm. say. That that's what kept me coming back here. I started learning that people didn't want anything in return. Like, you know what, the way I lived my life before, it was a transactional way to look at things. Mm -hmm. Like always. Like if you have something that I want and I have something to pay for it or whatever, it, that's the way I lived my life. And I didn't know that, but that's the way I looked at things. What you got? I got this. Okay, let's use each other, I guess. And when we don't have a nice life and next, mm -hmm. and that's how I lived. And then I come to this place and I'm the shadow of a human being and I'm shut the fuck out. I don't remember, but when I go to Miami where I got clean, there's people with a lot of clean time and they tell me, bro, you were like, well, you were not easy to be around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they tell me like right away, but they still, bro, they, They made me feel welcome, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I need at that point. In my, I was so lonely. Like, you know what I need? A little bit of human contact. Mm -hmm. Like somebody hugged me and that meant the world to me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a hot girl, but it wasn't ugly ass dude. <laughs> but I, I, I felt that shit. Mm -hmm. I kept coming back and I kept using and I kept struggling with the idea of, because I, I that's, I was a prisoner in my own head. That's what it is. It's because I didn't have like a physical dependence to shit. Like I wasn't like a opiate okay, user. Yeah. It was here and I remember that. And I, I just, I, but I kept just coming. I kept coming. I kept mm -hmm. coming. That's the only thing I did. And I noticed how people wanted me to be okay. And I noticed how people didn't want anything in return. They did not. Mm -hmm. And I was sure. And I was sure like a hundred percent. Why? Because I didn't have shit to give in return. I was just like a poor immigrant. I didn't have anything to do, anything. So I kept coming. And one day the miracle happened for me. I, I guess I, I just had had enough. I just had had enough and I was like tired. And I was, I, I don't have like a defining moment. Some people do, I don't. I just know like one day I fucking did my shit and then mm -hmm. I went the next day to South Miami, picked up my white kit, I went chip, they do chips there. Mm -hmm. And and that's it. And it's been, I've been clean ever since. I don't yeah. know exactly what, but I know it's been a journey and I'm, I'm so grateful for mm -hmm. that. And I'm grateful because these people, they made me feel welcome. And you know what, they did shit for me. That's, that, you know what? Even the language barrier helped mm -hmm. me. That helped me a lot because back then, I would try to sound like an interesting person, like show <laughs> off all the shit that I've read, all the culture that I have. And oh, I'm this tortured, like I'm this complicated soul trying to find my place in the universe type of shit. Like, you know what? Like, I wanna, I wanna, mm -hmm. But if you don't speak the language, you can't do that shit. Yeah. And that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. The fact that these people... If you, anything in this world has a price, dude. Mm -hmm. 
learning a new language has a price. You go buy your Rosetta Stone or whatever the fuck, <laughs> or you go to school. These people taught me English for free, and mm -hmm. they did. Like this girl told me once, like Cuban-American little girl, we got clean to air. Mm -hmm. She told Abraham, I'm not going to speak Spanish to you anymore. <laughs> and I didn't get it at first, right? What the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> you mad at me? I said, no. Like you, I want you to learn English. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I have to if I want to understand what the fuck are they saying in the meeting. Mm -hmm. So that was clear to me. I need to learn English. That I'm, 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 I'm grateful because these people, they taught me English. They were my English teachers. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what? I mean, I'm, I know I will never be like a literature English professor mm -hmm. at Cambridge. And I, I know I have a thick accent, I can't hear it myself, but I know I have it. Mm -hmm. People tell me every fucking day. <laughs> but and I can express myself yeah. and I can have a conversation with you or mm -hmm. with people. And that's beautiful. And NA is so big, dude. Mm -hmm. And English is the language of the world. Like wherever you go, someone is going to speak English. Mm -hmm. That gives you a lot of freedom, you know, like a lot of Like, I can go anywhere, and I'm going to find people to talk to. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful feeling. I tried to go to Spanish meetings. Yeah, I always wondered. So, like, you didn't want to go to Spanish meetings. It's not like I didn't want to. They're all in Miami. Yeah. And I live in Broward. And they're, they're, Not a lot here. And I, I got in at a 10 o'clock meeting, which is makes sense, because mm -hmm. after I was done with work, like mm -hmm. digging ditches or whatever the fuck I was in for, <laughs> I would, like, I would go down there. I had a piece of shit car like broke down on me every day. But, but at this point, my sister, sometimes she lets me use her car too. Mm -hmm. So I can get down there. Uh, she saw something, you know. I didn't tell her I'm getting clean. No, but she saw that I was using the car. Oh, and also my ESOL classes or whatever bullshit I was mm -hmm. taking to stay here legally, they were in Miami. Oh, God. So that worked out perfectly because she would give me a car mm -hmm. and I would go there and then to a meeting. And then I stopped going to a fucking class and just went to a meeting. But, mm -hmm. bro, the Spanish meetings are at 7 or 7.30, and that's, you know, the rush yeah, hour. So bro, you like driving down like there, it would be crazy. I, I tried, though. Mm -hmm. okay. I tried because I wanted to understand. And it became very apparent to me real quick that I wasn't going to cut it. Because, you need to learn English. Yeah, because there were like, there are like 14 Spanish meetings down there, but it's the same fucking people mm -hmm. <laughs> just Small going from thing. meeting to meeting. Yeah. So there's no variety. And, and I didn't feel like too, I mean, yeah, I like this meeting and it's all good. But, but the 10 o'clock was where you felt at home? For some reason. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt at home. And because there was more variety, like different mm -hmm. types of people, young, old, American, white, mm -hmm. black, Spanish. The Spanish meetings, they were all like Spanish people, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you're right. And not not only they were all Spanish people, they were the same people <laughs> just jumping from meeting to meeting. And that gets boring. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't want to see the same people. I'm sure people don't want to see my mug every night and hear my shit every night <laughs> mm -hmm. as much as they might like me, you know? Mm -hmm. You need to switch it up. Yeah. That was one thing. And the second thing, I really wanted to learn English. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, this is a golden opportunity. I mean, I, because the only way you, you learn a language is interacting with people. Mm -hmm. And there's different levels. And, and, and in my process, I learned you can speak English and be understood at a business level. That's, that's a level. As a student, then you go business. But you know when you 
truly speak a language mm-hmm. where you can fuck around with people, like in a social setting. Yeah. Like joke around and ah, be happy with mm-hmm. that. That's when you really speak a language. And, and, and that's something that doesn't really happen for people who come to an, a country older mm-hmm. because they're older. Yeah. And they live their lives in their native tongue. Like Spanish people come to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. If you're over 30, it's really difficult that you're learning English when you come here, especially in South Florida. You're just going to yeah. go hang out with your people and watch Spanish TV, yeah. go eat Spanish food, hang out with Spanish people, marry a, a girl Spanish from girl. your own country. And, yeah. and then, you know, that's what you're going to do. And the own, and yeah, you might learn English. I, I have family bit. members, yeah. they speak English. But in a in for business, yeah, barely, yeah. In a business setting, yeah, because there's just like a limited things that you need to know mm-hmm. just to get by. Okay, mm-hmm. it's gonna be this much, and you have to pay me this, and I'm, we're gonna do this or that, mm-hmm. and that's all you need to fucking know. What was it like getting a year clean? Honestly, it didn't feel that special to me. That's what you told me. You remember that? Yeah, I remember, I remember this one day. <laughs> I asked you that when I, I was just getting clean, and I was when you got a year, and I was like. Oh my God, I was like, what does it feel like to get a year? And you were like, oh, it's the same shit. And I was just like, <laughs> no, like it, it can't be the same shit. You know, I was like so depressed and miserable at the time. I was like, no, it's got to be better at a year. That, it was better, but I didn't know it back then. I mean, yeah. I guess I need to look back, but it, it didn't feel, you know yeah. what felt special? I don't know why, for some reason, because I never had nine months before ever. Nine months, yeah. I picked up nine months in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I felt something special. I yeah. felt, okay, I think I got like the conviction or the mm-hmm. faith that, okay, this might be happening for yeah. me. I might do this. So when I got six months, I felt really depressed. And then I think like a couple weeks later, it like hit me. Because I'm like, when am I going to feel better? When is this going to start working? I've been clean for six months. I'm still like depressed. I have no friends. Like, you know, like nothing's changing. And then one day I was like, I was clean for six months. I've been clean for six months. There you go. And then I'm like, six more months, I might get a year. And then I started to like think about the possibility of like, if I do this one more time, I'll be able to put together one year clean. And then I was like, it's working. Yep. But, but I had, it didn't feel like it was working, you know? It doesn't feel like it's working because at it's least for subtle, me. It's a subtle thing. Yeah. And besides I'm entitled. <laughs> like I think because I, I have like, Two months clean, I deserve the motherfucking world. Yeah. I, I really feel that way. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way sometimes. Like, you know what? I feel like I'm doing this heroic shit mm-hmm. when I'm getting clean, like this like super, super heroic thing. Like I'm getting mm-hmm. clean. Like yeah. it's so hard. Like I deserve, I want the world. Like Oprah, to Oprah's going to call me. Yeah. yeah, some shit like that. Like I deserve recognition for mm-hmm. that. And I'm just saving my own ass. Yeah. But I, I, I feel, I, I do get the recognition. That's why we have each other. Yeah. Like I get 30 days and no, we bro. We clap and we yeah. clap and we, oh, yeah. we go to eat, congratulations, and it feels good. Yeah. But that's because we understand. Understand and we have each other. But mm-hmm. bros, I, I expect the outside, the outside, well, they don't give a fuck that I have 30 days. Why would they? Like they don't care. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? Like, they? And, and, and that's funny. Like and when, when, when I start accomplishing like things that for mm-hmm. other people, it's part of adulthood. Like, you don't, why yeah. are you bragging about that? Like, yeah, you have you, a driver's license, so what? <laughs> like, yeah. Shit like that. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know, bro. I signed my lease for my apartment. How old are you, motherfucker? <laughs> are you serious? Uh, shit like that, you know? Like, I, So how old were you when you got clean? 40. 40. Wow. Yeah. 
And I was struggling for a whole year, and then I, something happened, and I got clean. And you know what? I like the 12-step program because it's simple. Yeah. I don't know what I did different, but I remember, like, when I felt like using, which happened a lot in the beginning, mm-hmm. I would get, like, so, as I said, I didn't have no physical dependency to overcome, but I would have this that wouldn't let me be, man, and I was all over the place, and I was all entitled, as I said. So I Mm -hmm. thought, because I had like 30 days, my life had to be perfect, and Mm -hmm. how come I'm not the CEO of the IBM Corporation by now? (laughs) What the fuck? Why I don't have a Ferrari? And how come I don't have like a Mm -hmm. hot girlfriend? And I and I was like all over the place, and I was like, and and I I would feel inadequate still, and Mm -hmm. I would feel like using all the time. And then I would think, what the fuck? Why? This is not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was working. I just I just don't know. Yeah. And I just have to hang on, like hold on. And but I don't know that back then, you know, yeah. it's hard to keep going because you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what's gonna happen. What um speaking of being all over the place, how do you think how did you perceive me when you first met me? Oh dude. <laughs> <laughs> you were just a lost kid, bro. Mm-hmm. Lost. Yeah, because pe- I always try to tell people because people see me now and like I speak at meetings all the time and people see me or whatever. But like I didn't come in that way. I came in mm-hmm. like off the chain. Yeah, you did. But yeah, that's the thing. That's your. That's the power of staying. Mm-hmm. The power of staying is I get to see people like you, people like you know, like all all these friends of us that are getting ten years mm-hmm. or yeah. twelve or whatever. That, that's a beautiful thing. I get to see that. I, I get to see a transformation and I get to see, I know people look at you now mm-hmm. and they see this dude like successful and well-spoken and articulate and mm-hmm. all that shit, but they don't, I, I, I've seen you mm-hmm. and you were this fucking lost little kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were chubby. I remember that shit. Yeah. You were like overweight all over the fucking place and you looked so lost and, <laughs> and then you would fucking share every more fucking this burn, burning desire mm-hmm. like you would share and you would make no sense. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You kept coming. And I'm not one of those people. I mean, I will maybe, I've changed a lot. It's been like 15 years. But mm-hmm. if somebody would have told me to bet on you staying clean, I would have said no. <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was, you were like, but you were, you were sincere. And I remember mm-hmm. once, like, it blew me away, you shared, like, how you fucking, like, and you didn't even know you had, like, used or mm-hmm. relapsed or whatever. Like, you, well, I was with my family and I had a drink and mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? <laughs> she like, I know, Jesus. I, I remember you and, I, yeah. and, and, and people like you, people like anybody, bro, like, when we stay clean. That's part of what keeps me going, and that's why this is important, because I see it. Yeah, and I think that um, when I got clean, there was, like, no concept of, like, I need to sound good or look good. I was just, like, so desperate that I did—that part of my brain had gone away, because when I was a kid, I had, like— I was always the coolest kid, and I would dress well, and I was, like, well-spoken and well-liked. But when I got clean, I was just, like, obsessed with using and didn't see how I was going to be able to stop— I didn't have any idea of like I need to sound good or anything like that. I agree. No, you were I beyond. You like, were beyond that shit. You yeah. were like a lost soul, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I remember you would share every fucking burning design. We, were, I, everybody was like, there he goes again. Yeah. 
you're here. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's the beauty of, that's what I was talking before. When I got clean, I was shot the fuck out too. And people loved on me. Yeah. Regardless. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm yeah, here. Yeah, and it's like, um, sometimes at meetings, it's, you know, you feel that some people are looking at you like, you know, like putting their hands up when they see you or, or, you know, you might feel like there's like apprehensive, but there are those people like, like Steve B and, and Jeff, you know, rest in peace, you know, to both of them. And like, do those two guys were like, run up to me at the end of the meeting, like I was a celebrity. Yeah. Like, oh man, we love what you shared in there and you did so great and keep coming. And then we would all go out to eat at the IHOP. Yeah. It's like, you know, even with years clean, like that first year clean, going through it, I thought it was like the worst time of my life. But after you get clean, I start to look at it like it was the best time of my life. Like my first year clean was so simple and we had so much fun. You just don't know it. Yeah, you don't know it when you're going through it. You're going through it, yeah. My first year clean, hands down, best year of my life. Like there was just times in that parking lot that you can't recreate. Like you can't can't. go back and redo all that. You know, it's just so crazy. I mean, you asked me if it was special for me to get a year clean. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel it like that when I got my year, mm-hmm. but I know it was today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, while you are mm-hmm. in the middle of it, in the midst of it, it's mm-hmm. not the same. You're not aware of a yeah. lot of shit. When I, mean, I got clean, I would see you and you would share a lot and you would sit in the same place and you would do the secretary's report. And it was like, you were a God. I was like, dude, <laughs> this dude is like a God, bro. He has a year clean. Cause there wasn't that many people with a lot of clean time. No, back then so, a year so was the something. At the 10 o'clock, it was like, dude, there was a couple of people with more than a year. Yeah. Maybe Steve, five people. Steve, Steve Jeff, Jeff, you. Greg. Greg. Yeah. And, and, and some more. Dude. Noodles. Noodles. Noodles, rest in peace. Yeah. And, um. There was a couple, Sheldon, you know, Sheldon. there was a couple people that had years clean, but they were really quiet. And they, that wasn't like their home group. You know what I mean? Brandon. They like, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. Like he was, he kept to himself. Yeah, he was pretty quiet, but he was still, he was encouraging to me. But um, it's like, there was so much love and weird ass shit at that meeting. Like I was weird. But there was other weirder people. No, yeah, I, I, bro, I, those memories are yeah, like the best of my life. Best, the yeah. fucking ten, like not a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just remember, like, I remember the music in the parking lot. So I remember Kevin, rest in peace again. It's crazy how many people died. How many people died, yeah. Yeah, dude, we used to call him uh, Kevin Federline. He would pull (laughs) up in like his old Toyota and he had Louis Vuitton uh, interior and he had like two 15s in the trunk and he'd be like blasting rap music and he'd like open up all the doors and he'd show everyone his car and we'd all pull up. And even Kev had like clean time. Kev had like 18 months at the time, maybe a year at the time. And that was a lot of clean time. And that was a lot and he was cool and he was nice. And And I remember- and he had a hot girlfriend. And he had a hot girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. He and he was to look and he was funny. You yeah, know, and he was yeah. funny. And I remember he'd like, you know, introduce me and give me a big hug. And then you would pull up with your truck, and it was like tailgating. Like people would show up before the meeting. You'd pop, you know, the tail of your trunk, and like you'd be. I remember you'd be listening to like Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah, like Limp Bizkit or some yeah. shit, you know. And then there'd be like five or six like cute girls. It, and someone will be, you know, skateboarding in the parking lot. Those, those were good times. And it's like, I remember being a kid and telling my mom to take me to the meeting like it was a party. Like, oh, mom, <laughs> like, we got to go. We got to go. 
You know, my mom would drop me off in the corner and I would like come around. And even though like I had no idea how 12 steps work, I had no idea about sponsorship. I didn't know what was going on. I just felt like that was where I was going to get clean. Like I felt like these people understood me. I felt I felt more stronger bonds with these total strangers than I did with some of my own family. Most of my own, most of my family, all of my family. And that's the magic of the 12 step program. Yeah. That's that's I felt exactly the same way. I was And just how you say like you couldn't feel connection as a kid, I feel the same way. Yeah. I just couldn't th- People, it felt like there was plexiglass between me and everybody. Exactly. I never felt like me and this person had things in common, except when I was using with other drug addicts. That's crazy when I, when you say when you say that. You know, that's how I felt. I, some some one day I was thinking. So I finally feel like at home, and I'm so mm-hmm. far away from what I call home. I'm from mm-hmm. far away from. Mm-hmm. My place, my country, my city. I'm not even speaking my own language. I'm with these people that I don't know for shit. Mm-hmm. I feel for the first time that's, mm-hmm. that I, that I, I, I was longing for that my whole life. Yeah. You just said that, you described that. That's why it works. Yeah. And it's like as a kid, like, you know, I grew up with like the nicest sneakers and like I dressed well and I had tons of friends. And like eventually like what happened to me was I lost everything. I was a scumbag. Like I had nobody. The loneliness, like the loneliness is the worst part of using yep. When I go to meetings, it's like we would go to the meeting and we go to eat. And I remember not knowing anybody and not even conversing in the beginning, but just listening to everyone laugh and share their stories. And you feel uncomfortable because you don't know them, but you don't feel like they don't want you there. And it's like this yeah. weird feeling of like, they want you to stay and you know they want you to stay And your brain is telling you, like, why would they want you to stay? But, like, they do. And then you go hang out in the parking lot. And I swear to God, till this day, there are times that I've spent in the meeting parking lot that have been the best times of my life. And I would go home feeling like like I just graduated Harvard. Like, I just won won the World Series. I totally feel you. I feel you. And then you get 30 days and those people will cheer for you. And they start clapping, and you get a big hug. You get 90 days, and they're rooting for you. People are texting you. And it's like, uh, it's the first time I ever felt love. That's correct. It's cool. Yeah. We feel each other. That's what it is. Yeah. Because we've been there. Mm -hmm. And that's why it works. It's that simple, dude. It's that simple. And I'm not going to say it's the only thing that works, the 12-step program. It might be some old stuff around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what worked for me. And that's what works for a lot of people that I know. Mm -hmm. Like the people that I know. Yeah. My friends. Like to... You know, I can I can I can say that I I've known people for 15 years today, and we're friends. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't have that before. I did not. I I never. Mm-hmm. I don't even like I moved countries. You know, so I I didn't have that. I don't have people well, that I grew up with. I I I don't I don't I don't have like cousins mm-hmm. and shit that were I'm close with. Yeah. I don't have none of that. And it's like for, even for me, it's like if I got clean with somebody, and I've known them 10 plus years. Like, to me, they're almost, they are family. To me, it's that's, like, that's, that's their family, you that's know? That's family. That, and know? that's special. And that's like, even if you don't see him, like, yeah, in two I years. I cannot see you for two years. And then we see And I could be like, oh, bro, that's yeah, Abraham. I've that, known him forever. Yeah, like, yeah. it's this crazy bond that does feel just like a family member. I don't know. Like, I'm super grateful for that because everything I've accomplished in my life, like, I still 
think that when I first got clean, like I used to dream about having friends. Yeah. You know, you remember as a 17 year old kid trying to get clean, like one of my biggest things was like, I want to be able to have friends. And I would become friends with people that I would look at them and be like, I'm never going to be this person. Like we have nothing in common. Like me and this person are never going to get along. It's really a beautiful thing. It's cool. It is. It is. Hey, well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's always good to see you. Congratulations on your 15 years clean. And hopefully we'll do this uh, in another 15 years. You have 30. Yes, sir. <laughs> thank you, man. Thanks, Abraham. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.